You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Chubsa Poiskin. Let's say hello, a big hello, to Rafai Goy. Tongue in cheek, definitely, but Rafai Goy is clearly the Goy that is quoted most often. There's, of course, much more material from Rafai. Rafai is the last of the Goda. Rafai is born in that great year, the common era. 969. He dies 1038. Um, he lived almost 70 years. And he was the last of the Gaonim, of the Gaonim. So it makes sense, of course, that uh, from Pumpadisa's uh, headquarters in Baghdad, um, his troops should have extended everywhere. He didn't just write Shubas, of course. He also wrote uh, uh, Svarim. One Sefer that he wrote was the Sefer Mecca Chumemkar, Shari Shruwais. He was, uh, he rolled up his sleeves, and unlike Rabbeinu Nisim, who wanted to say, I've got some difficult pieces of Gemara, he um, wrote handbooks on interpersonal relationships according to the Talmud. Halachas governing Shtorois, Halachas governing Kenyonim. Um, they were written in Arabic and, and, and translated into uh, rabbinical Hebrew. Uh, Rav Hai uh, uh, wrote a parish on, on Taharos, a section of, of, of the Talmud, of course, the Mishnah. It's not the Talmud, it's the Mishnah, where there is no Talmud other than Nida. But Rav Hai has a beer on the Mishnayis of Taharis. Um, and there are uh, collected works that some attributed, maybe they're, they are, maybe they're not. But the, the amount of times he's quoted by the Rishonim is, 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 is astounding. In many ways, Rav Hai, as I said, he's the last, but in a way the greatest. And when I say the greatest, I mean that he was the one who left because maybe he knew that the era was ending, he left an imprint of how Talmudic thought should proceed. His chubas really take us into, he's, he's, he, you could almost say he's long-winded. Uh, he isn't cryptic at all. Not like the Shiltois and not like the Bahag, that you know we have to imply more than what's, what's on the page. Ravai is almost like a Risham. And in, in many ways, more wordy than than than, than Rabbeinu Hanano and others, who we definitely call from the region. Rabbeinu Hanano, Rav Hai closes the era, but in some ways he injects through his chubas and through his psakim the spirit and direction of what how Gaonic learning happened. It's very interesting that that his father, Rafiragon, who we talked about last week, uh, understood his son's talents. At the age of 30, Rafirah, I don't know if he was in ill health, decided to retire, right? It's sort of, it's like, yo, I'm handing over the reins of the yeshiva of Pumpadisa and basically the prestige of, of, of being the ultimate gone here. 
I'm handing over the reins to my son. And for almost 40 years, he was the voice. Uh, Shrira probably still had some input, but I think Shrira understood that the Gaonic period was also, in a way, reaching somewhat of a close. And he wanted the vitality that was contained in his son um, to be the energy that perhaps would move Talmudic Judaism into the rear and high, don't really you know, gain a foothold. But for that point, neither does Natrunoi or Palti uh, either. So it's, it's interesting how, the, unlike you know, the names of Rishonim, because um, clearly there was never anyone in Tanakh named Chaim, um, and there was no one in Tanakh named Meir. Those names, of course, entered because through the Tanoim entered into our uh, to our list. But just like other Tanoim and Amaroim, um, the names Hai and Shrira uh, really are only attached. There isn't any Rav Hai who's a Rishon. They're only it's only him, only the Gaonim, and specifically himself. What can I tell you about him in less than an hour that would encapsulate his greatness? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, what I'll read to you is a, a couple of, of things that he wrote that I think indicate his method of balancing intellectual um, I wouldn't call it rigor, but intellectual uh, perspective, almost a, an honesty uh, to what he understood was the Ruach of Chazal. Let me explain this a little bit better. Uh, we have studied in our uh, time here, uh, the Rambam, the Rabag, and we have marveled at the type of linguistic and mental type of or mental semantic gymnastics that they sometimes resorted to to explain Chazal or to explain a passage. What we saw was a imposition of well, I know philosophy is true, the Rambam said. I know what Aristotle articulated represents the wisdom that Shlomo knew. And even though the phraseology and the method was Socratic, but the essential ideas were greater than Socrates, greater than Plato, greater than Aristotle, and therefore, were shared by Chazal. That is basically what the Rambam and the Raubag believed. And they believed that Chazal were um, basically hiding or um, disguising, is better, disguising the ideas in language that would be 
misinterpreted or not understood by most, but would be understood by the ones that really grasped what the philosophical take on the world should be. They would understand the hints involved. And the Rambam practiced this type of uh, method himself in Maranavucha, uh, writing in a way where he expected most of his readers, as Leo Strauss has pointed out, <laughs> to abandon him uh, midway through the first section of the book. In other words, imposing, even in the way he thought, a system that he had learned not at the, uh, in the base Medrash, a system he had learned from, from his, his Muslim friends. Haigon uh, is a sefer written by one of the Rishonim, who quotes Rav Hai. Nishal Rav Hai. Rav Hai was asked the following question. Good question, right? We have Medrash Rabbah. We have um, Medrash Agoda. We have so many. Are the ones that were um, canonized in Talmud somehow of a greater pedigree? We know much of what the Gaonim worked on was enshrining Talmud Bavli as supreme. Are the, is the Agadita that is non-Talmudic? How do we view that? So, Rav Hai said, Meaning, first of all, Rav Hai gives us, grants us permission to dismiss some of the more out there midrashim, as opposed to, let's say, what the Rambam would do, let's say they're all, you know, uh, philosophical illusions. Rav Haigon is willing to be, go out there and say that a winnowing process occurs. The, the authors who put together Medrash Rabba uh, don't have the same uh, distinguished bearing in, in terms of what they included as what's in Chazal, it's in the Agadita of Chazal, it's in the Gemara That's one, a very interesting shita of Rav Chai. In another uh, example, Rappaport brings uh, from the Sefer Ha'oruch. The Sefer Aruch, as we noted uh, last week in his lexicon, uh, under in, in, in letter Gimel, on the Talmudic word guzma, which we know means an exaggeration, something which isn't meant to be taken literally. So there is a tshuva from Rav Hai, and the question is, um, when can you say that something the rabbis say is a guzma. example, when you see the number 24, but he says the number 24 is constantly used as an exaggerated amount. Um, and he says it's borrowed. When the rabbis say it happened 24 times, they just mean many times. And the way you know this, says Rabbi, 
is because the frequency of its usage indicates that. The fact that you have so many pieces of Talmud, for example, as he mentions, by um, the Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, before he went into the cave. Uh, what happened? Um, when Before he went into the cave, his father-in-law, Pinchas Ben Yoyer, uh, would be able to stump him in 24 ways. And when he came out of the cave, he was able to stump his father on 24 ways. Now, if you do the math, that means that Roshim Bar Yochai was now, take 24 times 24, that's how much he was um, galvanized and, and, and altered by his cave experience. So he says, all of that is, that's clearly a guzba. Similar to the Psukim Rav Haigon says, when it talks about a tzaddik, the, the Psukim that say, Shevat Yipal Tzaddik Bekov. Seven times he'll fall. Well, does it mean seven? No, it just means many times. Certain numbers you know are meant to indicate a lot. They're not supposed to be specific. And quoting something that will be in Adafiomi very soon, the Gemara says, when it talks about um, uh, the amount of the people who were suffering from venereal disease, it says there were 24 of them in Yerushalayim. Again, 24 meant quite a bit. Didn't mean exactly the number 24. So that's, you see, Rav Hai tells you to, to look at Midrashim with a certain amount of distant perspective. Um, there is another piece that is from Rav Haigo that is quoted by Rav Yaakov um, Ibn Chaviv. Rav Yaakov Ibn Chaviv was the author of the Ein Yaakov. Now, the Ein Yaakov, as you know, is, that's why it's called Yaakov, is the collection of the Agadita material in Shas. Now, he didn't just collect it and edit out the non-Agadic material. He also, when he wanted the book printed, he made sure that there was a Rashi and Tosvos, and also his own commentary, which he calls the Kosev, the writer. And Rabbi Yaakov Chaviv had, he was privy to, for example, um, the Sefer that we have talked about in this forum, um, and I've talked about it in others, the Rashpas of Parish Anagadata that is very heavy in the beginning of Brachos. Most people know it based on Yaakov uh, uh, Ibn Chaviv's Ein uh, Yaakov, because he was able to find Rishonim that were relevant, uh, that were quite unknown. Uh, later years, when these manuscripts have been discovered, they Rishonim been printed separately. But Yaakov Ibn Chaviv uh, did a yeoman's job in providing to his readers, um, not just the Gemaras in their form uh, and the Rashi, but also wonderful comments have shown him on these Agadic pieces. We all know, of course, the Gemara in the second parak in Chagiga that speaks about miraculous, amazing events that were swirling around the four that shenichnasu lepardes, dalit shenichnasu lepardes, right? Um, Elisha, what Elisha ben Abuya saw, 
what Rabbi Akiva, who went through it. The Rambam, of course, feels that all of that is just a metaphor to the learning of, you know, the deepest philosophy. But the Gemaras itself seems to indicate that they went on a voyage. They went on an astral voyage of understanding. And incredible things occurred. And it really gives rise to many pieces in the Talmud, whether it's the story of Pinchas ben Yoyer, I mentioned earlier in terms of splitting the, uh, splitting the rivers, uh, or, uh, or Rabbi Shua ben Levi uh, gallivanting with Elio Anovi and going into Gan Eden. How are we supposed to take these stories of Tanoyim and Amaroyim? So Rav Haigon wrote a one of the things that my tradition is solid about, that miracles that are un- you are unable to explain them rationally, can happen through human beings that we know as tzaddikim, even in today's time. And it didn't stop with the Nevi'im. And even though Nevu'ah is gone, there are still levels of Ruach HaKodesh and levels of righteousness that lead to uh, an elevated sense of ex- sense of existence that means God works miracles through these people, and He shows them things. Umaris at tzadikim maros neros that tzadikim in the Gemara who definitely have reached that level. Not everyone, but tzadikim who have reached that level can reach a, a a type of prophetic experience similarly to what God shows the Nevi'im. And this is important to accept. And to accept this is not a violation of any ikar of, of Jewish thought. Ki Elohim she'ein tonin bo There are some that say that if you admit that there are these miracles that these tzaddikim can perform, you're on your way to having a very primitive understanding of the world. Rav Haigon says that whatever the Gemara says about Hanin and Bendosa, that the, that the, uh, the snake bit him and died, and whatever he was able to do, it's all true. It's not, um, it's not allegorical. We believe in it, we don't deny it. Now, he then mentions his father-in-law there. He was known as Shmuel ben Chofni Gon. His commentary on Beratius is extant, and I think part of Shemos is there too. Shmuel ben Chofni Gon. Most of Rakuk published uh, the vestigial of Perushim from Rav Chai's father-in-law, Rav Shmuel ben Chofni. 
was on record that Nisim and Nevuas stopped with Nevi'im. Everything we know about Bayashemi and events that occurred and what the Gemara says, you need to interpret them allegorically and non-literally. Because miracles happen to someone who has reached the level of pure Navua. God only works miracles through Nevi'im. Even when the Midrashim speak about Rabbi Akiva going into Pardes, or Rabbi Nechunya ben Akana, or Rabbi Yishmol meeting the, the Malach in the beginning of Rochos. He says, his father-in-law said, and Rabbi Haigon was aware of this, Kol Ewa, all those Einam Halacha. He says, first of all, I know what the Gemara says. We need to interpret it non-literally. It, it can't be. So he was willing to argue with his father-in-law, and obviously, probably defending the approach of his father. Anu Sovrim, we of Pumpadisa. And my tradition is, Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu Osa Nisim Latzadikim Veniflos. God does, mir does miracles to them, things that are beyond our understanding, and he allows them to see his, his, um, his abode. He allows them to see the inner workings of the universe. But then Rav Haigon says the following. If you want to begin the process of joining what we call Chazal. Start with halacha. Come, yes, it could happen. It could happen today. It could happen to the tzaddikim of today. But that should not make you believe that this is a to become an initiate to some world of wonder. The main thing he says is that you want to go into the world of halacha of learning. And if you go into that world of learning, God helps you, he says. And, you, and you'll see that you can grow in that world of learning to the point that you can become close to these men who are tzaddikim. Because we know that Torah is where it's at. You'll be satisfied from the from, from the deshem, from the from from the from that excess that comes from the house of God. You'll be able to drink from that from those rivers. So he, he, he's careful. He doesn't want you to believe that that this is just to be, as I said, your pathway uh, to some sort of, 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 of transcendence. That could happen, but you start with aloha and you believe that yes, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Maranisim through, and there are Tzadikim, was we should not try to do what I mentioned before in the, what the Rambam says. He says the following. The Rambam was willing to say that Chazal are hiding, disguising philosophical ideas. Here's Rav Chai, once again, in the tshuva that's mentioned by Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Chavid. Da, ki onu meodeinu, ein darkeinu litvos al-domar, He says, if I find a statement, I am not going to take it and explain it Shalom Midas Misha Omro. I am going to look at what was the, the what that person meant. I'm not going to try to a monkey wrench into the words of a medrash, of an Amora, or of a Tana, something that probably is not the way he thought about things. Who does things like that? People who are connected to the philosophical world. He says, others do that. I'm going to tell you what this Tana really means. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think he held. I'm not going to tell you at this point that it's right, but I'm willing to tell you what he means. There might be, I might feel he's wrong in his perspective, but I'm not going to be dishonest. He says, There are many Mishnayos and Pirkeyovos and other places, even what Yehuda Nosi wrote, that we do not subscribe to. And he means here, and again, remember, this was translated from the Arabic. I don't think Mishnayos is what was in the original Arabic. I think what was there was statements of what we call Ashkafa or of attitude. He says there are many that we do not accept as binding. However, when we learn them, I'm going to explain it according to the way he thought. Um, we know that that many thought that if somebody is is on the madrega that that he could see the merkava of God and see in the hecholos and he's able uh, to sit in kindness for so many days and he's able to to Lokesh, he's able to whisper various uh, various phrases that are like almost magic. He's able to uh, to see the, the inner workings of, of, of God's universe. And it's almost like he's there. He says that, yeah, he agrees these men were tzaddikim. But he seems to imply that he that doesn't necessarily mean that 
they are Lahalaha. Incredible. In other words, <laughs> what does he mean they're not Lahalaha? Does he mean when it comes to Allah Lamaisa, they're not Allah? Or does he mean their whole way of thinking and about Scharba Onesh, about Ashkocha? Is it possible there's someone who could 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 have actually reached levels of of closeness to God, yet we might reject statements he might say about what is the proper way to be Ayyad Hashem? We know that Rabbi David C. Hoffman uh, and others have, have noted that Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva had a very distinct way of looking at, 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 at Hashkafen and God. Um, A.J. Heschel uh, wrote this book called Torah Ben Hashamayim, and, and, and we saw that there was you know, two different shittas about you know, do, we, do we believe that, for example, that Moshe got the whole Torah right, in one shot, or was the Torah revealed piecemeal? Or did Moshe somehow absorb the Torah like in, in one moment of intellectual power? But that wouldn't and, affect, that wouldn't affect, uh, I think, would not affect um, halacha in the sense that whether it came all at one time or it came gradually, uh, we still have to keep all of it. Right. Or, or you know, do we say... Give me that, any, can you give right, me any... Right, 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 or, or do we say that Moshe knew every, like all of Torah was there in advance and everything now is only a revelation of what Moshe already knew? You're right. It doesn't really make much of a difference, does it? Because we're going to keep Torah anyway. And even though we think that Torah was developed and this is developed on principles that were laid down from Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Is that any different than saying, oh, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu heard? We're still going to we're still going to follow in the same process, but High might believe that the uh, to believe that everything was already there in the beginning is the wrong way to think about development of Torah. Okay, I'm I'm just trying to understand. So, so my point is, even though the person saying it might be Rabbi Akiva, and who Rabbi Akiva was great, but that doesn't mean we accept just because he reached these tremendous levels doesn't mean that everything that he says about Torah and about the way Torah works and about what's, what is more important is means, oh, we have to accept that, size and assume everybody is saying parts of the same thing. We have a right to say that we're going, that, that the proper hashkafa would be, let's say, Rabbi Shmuel's approach, as opposed to saying, well, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel are basically two sides of the same philosophical question. And I think that's where what Ravai is trying to do. Ravai is trying to have his cake and eat it to eat. He would like people to, to realize that not everything that's said by any Tan or any Amora is halacha. But that doesn't mean, so if, you, if you're going to say, well, look, this Shubin Levi, he went up to Shemayim. He went to Leobadab. He was able to, all that. okay, that's true. <laughs> that doesn't mean everything he says is right. That doesn't mean even his hashkapa isn't necessarily right. Even his hashkapa of what's important uh, a, a fundamental way of thinking about God and the universe isn't necessarily correct. In other words, as opposed to, let's say, the morale and others that would say all Chazal is part of one big kaleidoscope. And, and this is one image that you're seeing, and this is reflecting another image. Rafai seems to be saying that, no, sometimes what, what, uh, is, what is articulated is not what we accept. 
despite the fact that the person saying it is a tada and is is extolled. And when, when somebody who has the ability to walk with God and be and, and able to look and then say, well, I'm not following his, his you know, not, not even in terms of halach lamaisa, in terms of Choshen Mishpat or in terms of Ebenezer, mm-hmm. even in terms of his hashkafa of, of, of what's important, of, of how to view God, how to view how the Torah works. How can I not follow that person? That person is a malach. Yeah, okay. Doesn't make a difference. I think that's a little bit different. It's it's clear, as we already know, the fact that you're this, as it might be in some level, we paskin like Shammai. It might be on some level in, in Shammai. I mean, we can understand this, but for us, we need this psak halacha. I think when he means eina halacha, Bob, I think he's talking about something as as fundamental as is Torah better? Is Meisim better? Um, uh, you know, can we, what, what things we are allowed, you know, how do we view who Moshe Rabbeinu was? How do we view what Nebua is? Um, so, you know, you know, I think that is the, um, I think that is, is, is where uh, what Ravai is trying to say. He's trying to really split this thing apart. He's saying, first of all, I'm willing to admit that, that, that this, every, Anna and every Amora needs to be understood without superimposing upon them what you think is the correct way of thinking. The second thing is they might be wrong despite the fact that they not only were great human beings and dedicated to their craft, but God actually brought them close to him in Moran. We have a we have a formal process. It's it's Rav, uh, it's Rav and Shmu Bedine, despite how great Rav is. Here, I think we're talking about, you know, even statements that are, are that, that border on um, fundamental tenets of faith. Although I'm not sure, you know, how much Rabbi is subscribed to having fundamentals. Um, here's another uh, piece. Haguf. Rabbi supposedly wrote this, that the that the body should reach what it needs. And for a person to become a, 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 a well-rounded and proper acting person, what it comes from is Mishnah and Talmud. Now, this is similar to what we saw earlier in that other chuba, where he said, okay, don't you know, start with the learning. If somebody turns away from Talmud and spends his time in what we would call you know, physics, philosophy, geometries, if he does that, Yasser may I love Torah, the Yiras Shamayim. Now, this was quoted by the Rivosh who wanted to ban and stamp out what he felt were um, uh, uh, groups of Jewish men and maybe even women who were involved in basically just studying philosophy all day. So he quotes from Haigon to show you that if this is what you're going to say, well, basically I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about what it means to be a good person. I'm thinking about the nature of the universe. 
he says, you do that, then you're taking away Yura Shamayim and Torah. The Im Tira of High Road, Shaosen Bnei Odom, Hamis Askin Bechochmos, Yomrulacha, Shu Derach Sulula. If they tell you, no, no, this is the straight way to go. In other words, the Chazal and and, the, and, and and doing, you know, involved in like the minutia details of Torah and mitzvahs, that's not the way to get close to God. Philosophy is much better. Because we're talking about God. We're talking about what God knows, what God can't know, what God can do. The conversations that happen in a philosophical sense are, are, are much deeper. Do not, don't be, uh, don't be uh, uh, seduced by that. You're going to be disappointed. You want to become a true religious person and to fear God, you need to go with Mishnah and Talmud. Now, um, the <laughs> now Rappaport points out that this has been not only bandied about by the Rivash, but almost anyone who was writing uh, anti-philosophical tracts makes sure to quote this Rav Hai. However, he says that he found it also in the letters of the Ramban. The Ramban quotes this Rav Hai going as well. The Ramban was quite worried that the, the, the Rabbanim in Provence would issue a ban on the works of the Rambam. And in fact, of course, some of them did. Rabbi Yonah's Rebbe, Rosholim and Ahar, and the Ramban tried to stave that off. And he wrote a beautiful poetic letter talking, extolling the greatness of the Rambam. And what did the Ramban write? Ramban said, he quoted Rav Hai. He said, if you look what Rav Hai says, Ravai says, Vasher Yosir Libov Yisasik Bedvarim Hachem Bilvad Yasmov Tervi Yerushabayim. Velo Timti Yerushmai Yerushet El Masaska Bishma Talbid Uvachochma Yachad. Lo Bedivre Chochma Bilvad. So, in other words, basically, this piece of Ravai seemingly has been uh, quoted just to prove the point of the 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 the, the Rivosh and the Chosadyavitz that's mentioned here, they may, when they, and again, it could be, these were all copied by various uh, copyists, and it could be the copyist left out these words. Rappaport seems to imply here that, you know, they, they, they specifically left it out. Of course, Rav Chaigon didn't mean that um, it's only with Mishnah and Talmud. You need to have a pepper, you need to have both. In other words, you need to have Mishnah, Talmud, but also times to think philosophically beyond that and learning philosophy itself and being exposed to it is positive. You just can't, don't think that I'll throw out since the Mishnah and Talmud is only like the Rambam says, you know, in many, like the Rambam, let me say it again. Don't think that since much of 
the study of halacha is really allegorical or it's meant to uh, develop, why don't I just why don't I just shunt that away to the side? No, Rav Haigon felt that you needed you cannot uh, leave Mishnah and Talmud. You needed to have both, but including Chokmah. And that you see, that's the whole point why the Ramban quotes it. That the Ramban quotes it to say the Rambam is a great source in Hilchus Yisodei Torah and in Moranavuchim to get some of that Chokmah. It could be a gateway to get the type of Chokmah that you need. And that's why the Ramban uses this Rabbi to actually defend the Rambam in law, um, who he respected greatly. And I would uh, encourage people to look to see Rav Shulam and Chokmigon's commentary. But Rav Haigon says a very revealing things about his father-in-law. He says one of the reasons why his father-in-law refused to accept the possibility of, 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 of sort of like prophetic experiences and miracles, he says, my father-in-law, here belitre goyim, which means that, and, and, and you can see that, um, that uh, he, he, it's a quite a, 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 a pointed criticism. If you allow the Sifre Goyim, the works of whatever Arabic philosophers were prevalent to be your starting point, when you end up addressing Tana, the Torah, you're going to address it with those glasses. And even his father, and his father was guilty of that. That's why he, he, there's no way he could make sense of the miraculous-like behavior of, of Tanoim and Amaroyim. And I think that's part of what um, Rav Haigon was trying to correct. He didn't want to outlaw these works. He didn't want that to, to, they should be nignas. And, and as the Ramban says, it's possible he would have been happy with the type of synthesis, at least in Mishnah Torah, that the Rambam makes of them. I don't know if Rav Hai would have been happy with the type of um, the chukim that the Rambam says in Maranavuchim on, on Chazal. But Rav Hai didn't believe that the philosophy should be banned out, outright. It needed to know that it was a handmaiden. It needed to know what its place was. It needed to, it, 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 could, it could be, uh, it could help. And it, it definitely shouldn't have been your starting point because that would lead to um, misreading the, the greatness of, 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 of the Talmud. And as you says, you know, the Talmud is in that way, like, as we say, uber alas, and with those Mitrashim, they're in the Talmud. Uh, one could conceivably, he doesn't really need more than that to really be brought into uh, you know, the, the great uh, gallery of, of, of Jewish thought. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.